0: are continuing with this series purpose over preference and we are having so much fun because we are getting the heart of the shepherd here come on we are getting the heart of our father who loves us so much see i believe call me crazy but god has plans for your life i believe call me crazy that he has a purpose that is unique to you and that you are going to straight jack up this world for jesus But you got to grab a hold to it. But what happens so often in our lives is, yeah, I get there's a purpose. I understand that, but I prefer certain things. How does this happen? How do we go from purpose to preference? Well, there's this other guy called the devil. He's for real. He's not like the guy with the pitchfork. You'll see him soon for Halloween. But he's, not, he's a guy, this, this person in your life also, that has plans for you. He sees what God wants to do with you. He sees how amazing you are. He sees that God wants to redeem your situation. He says, I can ruin that. I have a plan. So we have this decision. Whose purpose do we prefer, God's or the enemy's? I believe, I believe that we are going to choose God's purpose for our lives. You can see that defined on your screen. Remember, it's a reason for which something, someone exists, right? You're with me on that. But we also have the other side of it is that act of preferring, okay? We started with the life of David. I love this guy because he is a regular person that has messed up a lot. Hello, Justin Myers. Anybody else with me on that? Can anybody identify with messing up a lot? Yeah. You know, this past week, I went through a lot of my, my childhood things thinking about it. And I was like, good Lord, thank you for your grace. Because I was a hot, yes. Yes, come on. Man, you guys are with me this morning, okay? And David understood this. David understood what it meant to be a shepherd as he led sheep. But he also understood what it meant to be a sheep in the good shepherd's care. So we can look at his life and we can say, you know what, I can identify with that. So he writes in this psalm, right? He writes a song, if you will, in this psalm. And it's, it's like a love story between him and the Lord. And this is what it sounds like. And we've gone through most parts of this, but I'm going to read it all to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes, he restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We saw David looking at God as the shepherd. Then we see Jesus saying that I'm also the good shepherd. Are you with me? The good shepherd. Because nothing can get to us unless they go through the good shepherd, the gate, the one who keeps this harm from us. So here we are thousands of years later, and we find ourselves in this life. We find ourselves on this journey, and we find ourselves choosing God's purpose or my preference for my life. See, we don't serve a dictator. We don't serve someone that's going to make you do anything. He wants you because you want him. And that's the beauty of this relationship. He will not make you love him. He will not make you follow him. But I'm telling you what, prefer it. His purpose is better. Are you with me? Come on, y'all are with me. I love this. So here we are today and we're picking up at this place where the Lord is my shepherd. Remember, we, we wanted to identify with David and being able to say that the Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. And so we're going through this scripture and finding the ways that the Lord is our personal shepherd. And today we find ourselves at the place, the Lord is my shepherd as I walk through the valley. As I walk through the valley. Now see, I just want to give you a little context for this, a little understanding. Okay. See, in certain seasons of time, because remember that the shepherd knows when to move his sheep. He, he takes them through a valley to get to a high place for better grazing for the summer. Okay, would that not be amazing to watch all these sheep just moving along through this valley as the shepherd leads them? I think it would be an amazing sight, be fun to see. Okay, so we see this shepherd though, in scripture, in context, as one who is guiding the, the sheep through the valley, right? But we also look at our own lives and we identify with this understanding that we too can face valleys, okay? But the goal in our lives is that we get to that high place with the Lord, Okay? The place where he prefers us to be. The place that we find his purpose in our lives. So as a shepherd, this valley is understood as a place that is riddled with great danger. The valley, the shepherd knows it. The valley is a place that you will experience the utmost danger for the sheep's lives. But also for his. But yet he guides, he leads them through that valley. Why? Because of what's on the other side. This pathway to higher ground is the ultimate place for health and wellness for the sheep, right? This is a place where they will will find the best grazing for the whole summer long, and the shepherd knows this. So, as the sheep, the valley is understood as a place that represents fear and uncertainty. Because again, they've never been on this path necessarily. They're used, okay, listen, they're used to this place called the pasture. They're used to seeing a fence around them. They're used to this protection. They're used to, to this, this shepherd where they can see him within the field. Remember, we talked about that earlier. But now they find themselves on a path, a low path that will, yes, eventually lead to a higher ground, but they don't know that. They're walking with this shepherd and they look around and they can hear the wolves howling. They can see the birds circling, thinking that this will be some food here soon. See, the, the, the sheep understand that this is not a very happy, secure place, but it's necessary for them to get to the higher ground that the shepherd wants to take them to. Are you with me? It's viewed as a long and difficult path. Does this sound familiar at all? Does this sound like our lives sometimes? Reality check. Are you with me? Let's get real. Go like this. Let's get real. Come on, half of you are getting real with me, the rest of you are like, I'm, I'm not really awake. <laughs> okay, I get it, all right? Life is comprised of more valleys than mountaintops. Realistically speaking, you cannot live on a mountaintop. You can't. It's impossible. I mean, if you think about it even now, some of the mountains like out in Colorado and stuff like that, your blood can thin out. You can die on these places. You see, you see what I'm saying? But in life, you cannot live on. On spiritual highs. A lot of times we go to church. We go to church because we want to get excited. Hallelujah. I got to worship today. I'm pumped. Mm. We go to church because we do want to see people. We do want to be encouraged. But that's a mountaintop experience. You can't live there. You'll actually die there. Because if the literal sheep stay there too long. Snow will come. Are you with me? And they'll die there. Do we want to go to higher places with God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can we stay there all the time? We can try. But does life mitigate against that? You got it. So the valley, the valley for us, what does this mean? How how can we handle ourselves? How do we respond, right? That's all we've got. How will you respond to life when you find yourself in the valley? If you've lived longer than five minutes, you know that you can't control this world. Are you with me? Right now, you have a list in your mind of things you can't control right now. You're thinking about all that stuff that has been plaguing you for days, and you can't do anything about it. All you got is your response. So how do you respond to the valley? That's the question this morning that we got to look at first. Psalm 23, 4. Remember, David told us this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Right? Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And Moses said this to the people of Israel and to Joshua. And then Joshua even said things similar to it later. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Because of them. If you see wolves howling, birds circling, do not be terrified because of them. Are you with me on this? For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you. One of my favorite parts of scripture. He will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. You see, David and Moses had some understanding, both of them, of what it was like to be a shepherd, Remember I said this a little bit before, but also what it was like to be sheep. They know what it was like to be leading sheep and to be, right, led by the shepherd. They understood what it was like to be led with purpose. And when you look at this, Moses' rod that he had within his hand, okay, it it was something that demonstrated the power that was within him. It carried in his hand the miracles that came from God, right? Right? And it came with comfort. You see, God's purpose in this. Listen to me. Listen in close. God's purpose. Because you sit in the valley and you're like crying out, wondering, what are you doing, God? God's purpose in this valley place is to show us that he is with us at all times and will deliver us too. Are you with me? He is with you at all times. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And he will be your deliverer. But for us... Our preference is to try and avoid the valley altogether. Anybody, do you like pain? Raise your hand if you like pain. Raise your hand if you love suffering. Anybody. Raise your hand if you wake up in the morning hoping that somebody will punch you right in the face. Oh, mmm, that's fun. I love to try scripture and that if someone hits me on one side that I'll turn the cheek, you know? I just want to test and see that the Lord is good. You know what I'm saying? Anybody, you don't wake up saying, I hope today I find myself in the valley. You don't. But God has purpose in this valley if we choose to see it. So when you find yourself walking through the valley, when you find yourself in this place, there's a few things that we have to do. We have to, number one, be confident In the shepherd. We have to be confident in the shepherd. Guys, we have to be confident in the one who leads us. Why? Because nothing is a surprise to him. He's been there before. He's mapped out the journey. He knows where the higher ground is. He's been along the pathway before. He knows all of the dangers that it represents in your life. I am confident in the one who began a good work in me. Are you with me? that he will finish it. He will see it through. I am confident in him. But as I find my confidence, I also find my comfort. I find my comfort in him. Why? Because when we struggle, we know that that shepherd is right there to gently pick us up and to restore us. Remember last week when you get flipped upside down when you're downcast? You're in a bad place. Remember that all that? <laughs> Remember the gases that rise to your... Someone's like, we're going there? No, no, no. When you get flipped upside down and you find yourself in a downcast state, he gently restores you. I find comfort in his gentle restoration. Knowing that my good shepherd will help me in my times of need. But also we will walk calmly with him. That he will bring an overwhelming calmness to my life on this journey. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in a valley place, I'm not very calm. Anybody with me? I am the kind of, guy who's type A? Give me some type A'ers. Raise those hands. God bless you. God bless you. We're all jacked. Okay. Why? Because I'm in this valley and I got to figure a way out of it. Am I calm and rational in this moment? No, I am grappling for anything that will help me be free from this valley. I'm calling in like a a helicopter to to lift me out of that beast and say, okay, right now, higher ground, I'll pay you anything, anything you want. Just tell me. Because we don't like the valley, but in this place, we find calmness with the one who is leading us. We find peace when we're with him. All right. So when you find yourself in the valley, you have confidence, comfort, and calmness because he is with you. John 16, 33. This is why we can have these things. Okay. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble. Can I get an amen? Come on. We don't do that in church a whole lot here because we're like, ha, ah, we're not saying, but can I get an amen on this? Amen. In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus, thank you for that encouragement. You are the man, okay? This is where he was leaning to his 100% God, 100% man side of things. But take heart. But take heart. Why? I have overcome the world. See, we worry about the small troubles of the world when he wants to tell us that I've overcome all of the world. You feel like this valley is taking your heartbeat, the breath from your lungs, but I've overcome it all. Fear not, I'm with you. I'm going to lead you, I'm going to guide you, I'm going to walk with you. Be confident in this, find comfort and calmness in this understanding. David knew what it was like as well to have the shepherd with him. I love going back to his life. Why? Why? Because David was not just a shepherd boy and shepherd man, but David was a bad dude, okay? Listen to me on this. This is great. Now, I want you, I want you to put on your imagination glasses, kiddos. Are you with me? We're all kiddos here, okay? Because remember, statistically speaking, we lose imagination after five, all right? Because everything gets real. You know what I'm talking about, right? You're like, oh, yeah, I have bills. Yep. Age six, you find bills. Okay. <laughs> so put on these imagination glasses with old shepherd boy, David. All right, this is going to be good. But David said to Saul, King Saul, the the king that they wanted, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. I have been shepherding. All right. He said, when a lion or a bear, okay, David, came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it. Does this sound like something you'd see in Hollywood? Can you imagine this? This would be amazing to see. When we get to heaven, I can't wait for the replays. You think ESPN has good replays? Wait till you get to heaven, all right? Can I be like, hey, God, God, show me that time. Remember that time? David, lion, bear, show me that real quick. He's like, Raw! I was like, wow. Popcorn just pops out of the ground. Okay, are you with me? When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep, come on, remember, he leaves the 99 for the one, for you, come on, Jesus, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Okay. When it turned to me, (laughs) it gets better, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Okay, David. Let's go to verse 37. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. One of the greatest battles we know from Scripture when we were younger. You may not know it at all. David and Goliath. He looks at this obstacle on his journey in his valley, and he says, come on, this, this, God has done it before, and he'll do it again. God has brought me through valleys before, so who is this, he says, this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this clump of man here? He is nothing. Listen, I took a lion and a bear, and I killed him. I killed him. Because, yes, a bear. Because I got him finally with me. Okay. Jack Hanna will be here next week. Oh, this thing's great. You ever watch Jack Hanna? That's a lot of fun. You see, David was someone that was overlooked in the family. David was the smallest. He was tasked with taking care of the sheep. But when he was out in the field, he was honing his skills with that rod and the sling and the things that he had within his hand. See, he was even, he was even tasked with taking Saul's armor saying, look, if you're going to go fight, bro, you got to put some good stuff on. You're going to die. Have you seen Goliath? He's like, who's Goliath? Lion, bear, Saul, come on, bro. And then we know of David. <laughs> that was good. I'll make that better in the podcast for everybody else. Listen to me. Don't forego the valley, for you may forfeit God's greatest move in your life. Don't forego the valley. Don't try to work around it. Don't try to find a way around it, because you may forfeit God's greatest move in your life. That set David apart that day. Shepherd boy to shepherd king. And people's eyes just, whoa! Whoa! We were scared to death of this giant, this valley. But here goes old shepherd boy with his sling. No armor, only what he knew best to work with. And God provided victory that day. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. The second part, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We got into this just a little bit. We're going to go deeper here. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on now. The Lord is my shepherd. He brings me comfort. Today, we're talking about valley comfort. Doesn't make sense in a lot of ways, right? But valley comfort. What does this have to do with? As we are in this valley, God will provide the comfort that we need. Again, but I don't even want to see the valley. I don't want to experience the valley. But it's an opportunity to see God's greatest work in your life. So don't forego it because you may forfeit that. See, God's purpose is to lead us into true comfort. True comfort. And that's so key. And to keep us in his care. We don't know this until we get outside of the pasture. We don't know this until we leave the fenced-in area. We don't know this until we get to the valley to see the benefits of his rod and his staff. Are you with me? We don't even know how these things work until we get into that place. We want to stay away from it. But God's purpose is to show us what true comfort is. Because we, again, will not live on a mountaintop every day of our lives we most likely will live in the valley most days of our lives so we got to learn how to find comfort in it and understanding that we're in his care our preference is try to figure out the pathway like i was telling you about me i'm calling up a helicopter get me up out of here it's a rescue mission you've only walked a mile homeboy you ever watch like survival shows and people try to get on there like the big burly people you know like naked and afraid that's really funny and also very nasty sometimes. I'm like, you need to put on clothes because I just went blind. Okay? <laughs> Even with things being blurred, I feel sick. <laughs> I think I'm going to quit. Okay? But you see these big burly folks come on. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it to the end. I'm tough. I'm Green Beret. I'm Marine Corps. I'm, I'm. <laughs> one day later. I'm uh, <laughs> phone a friend. <laughs> I'm ready to go home. Right? You know what I'm saying here? See, because we try to figure a way out as quickly as possible when the heat is placed to them. So the shepherd carries with him, this is so key for us, these two distinct tools, each having its own purpose. Okay, so important. Significance, okay, and something that enables comfort to happen for the sheep, all right? So let's look at the rod first off, okay? It's a weapon of power, authority, and defense. I love this because it is a club that is used as a weapon, Okay, now we would think about something like a, a, a rancher gun. If, if a shepherd was out taking care of its sheep, a rancher gun, you like a 30-30. Come on now. <laughs> Tumbleweed, boom, boom. Just me. Okay, it was good, partner. All right, so the thing is this. We look at this rod, all right? And a lot of times we don't, our minds don't go to to like a literal weapon, but this was a weapon that a shepherd had that was so essential that was fit for him as that shepherd. It was made for him as that shepherd, whittled out of a piece of wood with a big old clumpy thing at the top and smaller piece at the bottom that never left his hand. Okay. Unless it was for defense, right? Or uh, uh, bringing assurance to the sheep or adding comfort to the flock, Now think about this. The rod is scripture. It is the word of God. Come on. This should be a little bit more exciting. I know it's hard. Is it warm in here? I know. It just makes you want to fall asleep. Best sleep ever happens in church. I get it. But we look at this as the scripture of God. This scripture is meant for discipline. Oh, it's already getting uncomfortable. Examination. What? And protection. So when we think about discipline, we see this in Ezekiel twenty thirty seven, that it's meant for discipline. I will take note of you as you pass under my rod and I will bring you into the bond of covenant. It's this understanding that us bringing ourselves up under the shepherd's discipline. I don't know about you, God, but you guys, but with this killing weapon called the rod, I would not want to be hit by it. Are you with me? And sometimes there's stories where those sheep like to go off a little bit. They like to do their own thing when they like to, to be the one that leaves the 99 on purpose. And that shepherd, because he's so skilled with it, I think about with, with David and his slingshot, they take that rod and like, okay. Boom, you know what I'm saying? Like a scene out of Elf. Remember that when he threw the, do you remember anybody with me on that? It's like, and then he's like, okay, that's what I see. Bible can be fun if you make it. All right. But the shepherd takes that rod and that one sheep that's getting, (whistles) boom, because he knows if he gets out of the flock, if he gets out of the line, that he will have trouble. We don't like discipline. We don't like it because it can hurt. But the scripture disciplines us for a reason, because we see God's love in his discipline. Have you ever seen unruly children? Oh man, go to the mall sometime. Go to the play area. You'll, start, you'll just want to start casting out demons up in that joint, okay? Because <laughs> you're like, what in the world is going on with that child, okay? But you think about the word of God in our lives. We don't really like this discipline because sometimes it hurts. It only hurts if it's supposed to. It only hurts if it has to. But it's because he loves us and we come up under his control and care in this way. Because he loves us. This rod is also meant for examination, meant for examination. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, God. Search me. What does this mean? You look at this in this, this tool sense and that the shepherd takes and he separates the wool of the sheep so he can get to the heart of the sheep. He can get to their skin and make sure that they are healthy, that they are in a good place. He examines them. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Can I get an amen on that? Type A's, raise it up. You know how we get, okay? My anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He wants to look at the deepest parts of your life, but you have to allow him to search you. You have to allow him to take that tool within his hand and separate the wool of your life. Remember, the wool represents the old life. Do you remember that from last week? If not, check out the podcast. You, you get separated. The wool is separated so he can see the skin. He can see deep within there. But we have to allow him to do that. He's not going to force himself upon you, all right? And this walk, he wants to make sure that you want that with him as well. To the deepest part of our lives to correct us as he sees fit. The last part of this is it's meant for protection. Psalm 119.33, teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees. That I may follow it to the end. This psalm exemplifies the power of the word of God in one's life. There's so many instances in this where you see what the scripture does for you. You see so many instances in this psalm 119 where it changes the lives of people when we allow it to take root. Talking about keeping us pure right? And when we hide it in our hearts, what does this do for us? The word of God protects our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our lives in this way when it's inside of us. If you don't want to sin against the Lord, do you think you want to sin against your neighbor? Do you want to love your neighbor as yourself? You're like, you don't know my neighbor. You don't know my roommate. Okay. If you're married again, that could be a problem too. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) We not only do we do premarital counseling, we do postmarital counseling. Okay. But when you think about this protection, when his word is in our heart, when his decrees are written on our hearts, it protects our future. Because we make future decisions based out of that understanding. It protects us. His word protects us. I love that. The second essential tool is this, the shepherd's staff. This staff is an instrument of care and management. It's an instrument of care and management. Why? Because this is an item that identifies a shepherd as a shepherd. This is one thing that identifies a shepherd as a shepherd because they have to have this staff, and the sheep know the one who has the staff is the one who's leading me. Are you with me? It is something that helps everybody understand the position and who is in charge, okay? It's also meant and designed for sheep only. I love that. It is specific for sheep, okay? It will not work on cows. Why? Because the way it's made, the way it's created, and the purpose of it, the intended purpose of the shepherd and his staff is to take care of his sheep. No one else, nothing else. Okay? It'll make sense here soon in this instance right now because it's used to lift, catch, and guide sheep. There's a certain crook that's in the neck of it so that it can gently lift sheep. You think about it when the the baby sheep are born. That's got to be so cute, right? Can you imagine that? Okay, there's a no. Okay. <laughs> Cecil County representing right now. FFA, Future Farmers of America. Come on, brother. can get some more raw. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. I thought it would be cute. It's not. Okay, but listen. <laughs> this staff is used to gently raise these small little sheep and move them close to their mother. Because if the shepherd touches the sheep too soon, his sin is upon the sheep. Or if you know what I'm saying about this. And the mother will reject them. We think about that, honestly, in a sheep aspect. And it's something that helps and aids to gently lift this newborn sheep. And we look at that in our lives. We need that sometimes, don't we? A gentle lift. And it's made just for the sheep as if the word is made just for you. Isn't that cool? I love that. But we're going to get further into this. We're talking about the Spirit of God. The staff is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that draws, guides, and comforts. This is great. Draws, guides, and comforts, okay? The Spirit of God draws as Revelation 20, 17. You see this. The Spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears, come. This great meeting in the end is what we're looking at here, but we see the Spirit of God and us coming together, drawing us together. See, what does that do? When the staff is in the shepherd's hand, it unifies the flock, it's an understanding that we are drawn together by the shepherd, that we all started the same, that we came out of the womb, that we are all the same, but it's his drawing that pulls us together. It'll help us when we're in a valley situation to know that our shepherd will draw us in together to the flock and we will find love there too. So important, the body of Christ, us being drawn in together, but also the spirit of God guides us. John sixteen thirteen. But when he, the spirit of truth, this is so important. The spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit will guide us in truth. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes other paths look a little more flashy and appealing. You ever been there? You know, you're on this journey. And you look over here and it's like, man, that looks like it's really, really nice. And you walk a couple feet and before you know it, there isn't a path at all and you're lost in the woods. Right? Lost in the woods. If you just would have followed the flares, if you just would have followed the shepherd, the true guide, you wouldn't have been lost. The spirit of God will lead you in truth. And the way you think the way you see things, the way you feel. Because remember, the valley is a tough spot. We don't know how to feel in the valley sometimes, but he will help us see the truth. I've watched this in my own life over the last couple months. Has it been easy? Anybody had any struggles the last couple months? You're like, oh, hey, that's life. Okay, we're all on the same page. I've watched how the enemy's purpose, okay, for my life has become a shiny spot across the room. I don't know about you guys, but, but I love shiny things. You know, I love shiny. I'm like, wow, that's, that's let me look at this. Well, the enemy will do that in my life as well. He'll take me over to this shiny thing that looks a little more appealing. And then when I look at it, he, he gets me to, to stay there for a little while and examine it and busy my time with it. And then I'm looking at it and all of a sudden it gets bigger, and more magnified and has more of a presence in my life. A lot of times I look at my struggles. I look at my valley and I focus there. And the only thing that happens when I'm focusing on that valley is the enemy is then enabled to magnify my problem, to magnify my hurt to magnify my situation because I got my eye off the good shepherd. I got my eye off the shepherd's purpose for my life. Humanity 101, life in the valley, it's where we feel. So what do we do in this moment? We have to look to the truth that the Holy Spirit puts within us, that we see within the word, the truth for our lives. So important. He will guide you in truth. Last thing he will do, He will give us this comfort. John 14, 15, and 16. Jesus said this, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. A comforter, okay? One who comes alongside you. To help you and be with you forever. So you remember, um, Jesus is talking to his disciples, letting them know that I'm leaving. That I'm going to be gone soon. And can you imagine the heart of the disciples and all these followers that have listened into Jesus's life for these years of ministry? Can you imagine what they felt in their heart? Think about someone that is the most influential in your life. Someone that is influential in the right way, okay? Someone that that, that just challenges you to be a better believer. To someone that challenges you to to be positive when things are not positive. You know what I'm saying by that? Someone that helps you see outside of the valley. Can you imagine them leaving your life? What would you feel? And then you see the disciples and the followers of Jesus coming to this realization that the one that they have grown to love more than anything in this world is leaving them. That's what the valley feels like, doesn't it? They found themselves in the valley and all of a sudden Jesus prescribes someone to them that will help them change the way they see the valley forever, his spirit. God's Spirit. We often complicate this, you know. I think about it because uh, this year, uh, September 11th, my dad would have been 60. He passed away. Uh, I remember when he was 48, and I think about this, and, and, and it saddens me, you know. It saddens me because I think about what could have been. Matt, you guys can get ready to to close out for us with worship. But I think about what could have been if my if my father was still around. You know, I think about the memories that we could have had. I think about what we could have done together. I think about my children, right? And my children not having their grandfather. I mean, he was fun. He was crazy, but he was fun. We had a good, you know, it was, it was dysfunctional, but it was fun. You don't know how that goes. But you think about how am I going to make it past this point? How am I going to do it? You can't. You can't. Only if the Spirit of God is alive and will in you. Only if you are leaning in to him, filling you more to overflowing, will you be helped. Only if you find him in this valley place, will you find the comfort that he affords to you. You see this guys, it's so important for our lives because this is one of the the greatest attributes that the Holy Spirit brings to our lives is comfort. Because when we're in the valley and no one understands your valley, are you with me? Valleys have DNA. Valleys are unique. Nobody's been in your valley. Nobody's been in your situation. Nobody's been you. But the Holy Spirit, he's, he's so unique in his approach and that he comforts each and every one of us the way that we need it while we're in that valley. I don't know about you guys, but I'm encouraged by that. Yeah, it's sad to see family members. It's sad to see, right? Are you with me? the ideas of how you thought life would be vanish. But I'm excited to see what the future holds when God's Holy Spirit is alive in me. Listen to me. The valley is not just for you. It's for someone else too. You think that your valley is the place that you're going to die, but your valley is the place that you're going to find life that you can impart to others. Our stories are unique. They have DNA, right? Our valleys have DNA, but there are people that understand what you're feeling. Okay. And God wants to use this and redeem other others' lives through it. I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to walk through the valley, even though I would prefer to be airlifted to the mountaintop. I'm willing to walk through the valley. Why? Because listen here, the valley is where the water flows. The valley is where the lush vegetation exists on this journey. The valley is the place where he's leading. Outside of that, you will be lost. The valley is where he wants you to be, and it's okay because he's with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. How? Because his spirit that resides within you. I don't know about you guys, but I've got comfort because over the last few months, couple months, with everything in the world hitting the fan, right? Sometimes I've had to lean into his spirit. I've had to lean into the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, so that he can give me the comfort that only he can give. I will not find it on my own path. I will only find it when I'm walking with him. So this morning, I want us to conclude with a challenge. I want us to conclude with the challenge that we, I challenge. Look, you know this Weekly. To make sure, listen, to make sure that you are in the right place with the Lord. And it's not something that we do to make you feel bad. This isn't about that. If you feel like you got to get things in the right place with the Lord, that's because the Holy Spirit is convicting you. He does that too. What do you mean convicting? Saying that you need to move yourself from this place to that place. This place is where you're at. That place is where the Lord is. How does that happen? I repent, which means I turn from myself and I turn to him. And I say, you will be my good shepherd. So that's the first decision I want us to make this morning. And then after that, I want us just to, 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 to believe that His Spirit will fill us more as we walk every single day. That we will find His comfort, that we will find His peace, that we will find Him wherever we're at. Okay? You know why? Because he's there. It just depends on where you're looking. Okay? So close yourselves in with, for just a minute with me. and I want us to respond. It's important, we have to respond. Because if you don't respond, remember, that's the only thing you have, right? If you don't respond here, you'll respond there. You'll respond wherever. And I want to challenge you this morning to respond to him, to his love for you that is so overwhelming, to his guidance, his leading, and his love, to his peace. So the first area of response is if you need to, to give your heart to the Lord, if you need to get back on the path with the shepherd, what I like to do is just ask you to simply look at me, and then we agree together, okay? Maybe for the first time or maybe getting your life back in the right place, okay? After you do that, you can just close your eyes again. Thank you, all right? Ready? Anybody else? Okay, all righty. Now, the second is this. If you want God's spirit to give you greater peace and greater comfort than ever before, I'm asking you to respond to me today, but I'm asking you to respond to him every day. I'm asking you to say, Holy Spirit, Talk to him like he's your friend. Holy Spirit, help me see the way I need to see today. Holy Spirit, help me to feel the way I need to feel today. Because in and of my own self, I am walking down the wrong path. Holy Spirit, help me to have direction in this. Holy Spirit, guide me here. Holy Spirit, be alive in me here. Because when he's alive in your life, you will give life to others he will take the valley and redeem it so restoration can happen in others lives too come on this is good me guys I'm tired of looking at myself and saying woe is me I'm looking at the kingdom and saying how can we fill it we live in the most prime time of God's spirit pouring himself out and into us I do not want to miss it. Our church is on the ground floor of breakthrough in this community and you're a part of it. But if we don't become a disciple and make disciples, it's just not worth it. Let's be led by his spirit. Let's ask, who do I need to speak to today? Who do I need to be light to today? Who do I need to share my valley with? Who can I lead as I am being, uh, being led by the shepherd? Who is following me? Who can I help? Because I want others to feel the comfort that I have. So Jesus, right now, we thank you that there have been decisions, responses, to turn away from our own path and turn to you. God, we admit we don't know what the future holds, but we want to know the one who holds the future. We don't know what tomorrow looks like, Lord. We don't know our world is in shambles, but we are your church and we will rise up with your truth, your rod and your staff. It will lead us and it will give us comfort that we don't have to have fear because you're with us. You will comfort us. Help us, Jesus, to have your heart like you carried as you lived and you carried to the cross that everybody will become a fully devoted follower of you that they would become a disciple of your teaching, that they would love the Lord with everything in them and they would love their neighbor as themselves, that they would take up their cross daily, that they would deny themselves to follow you. Jesus, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. We thank you for being alive within us. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So this morning, we're going to stand in victory and proclaim the truths that you have shown us and your word. We will be your sheep as you are our shepherd, our good shepherd. And we will lean into your Holy Spirit, literally asking, Holy Spirit, help me today and this or that. And we're going to watch what he does in this valley. And we thank you. In Jesus' name.